This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with another incredible episode this Monday of the official Caps Shirt Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. If you're an OG here, you know that Mondays we typically talk about the week in review for the Washington Capitals. Um, our final three games were played. They were okay, and they didn't matter. Not a single fucking bet. Uh, so there's that. And, of course, we always talk about the league news. Obviously, the playoff starting, stress-free playoff watching for you, Caps fans, uh, is what we have to look forward to. So let's talk about a little bit of that. Let's pop some tabs and get right into it. One, two, three. All right. So the playoffs are about to commence in the NHL. They start on April 17th, which is the day that this is going to be released. So today... Uh, pretty quick turnaround to start the playoffs. Only a few days off, probably about a week or so ish. Not really even a few days uh, until playoffs actually start. So here are the matchups. Out west, you've got Seattle versus the Avs, the Wild versus the Stars, the Jets versus Vegas, and L.A. versus the Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers. In the east, you have Florida versus the Bruins. The Lightning versus the Leafs, the Isles versus the Canes, and the Rangers versus the Devils. Looks like some pretty heated rivalries right off the bat. I'm eyeing up the Rangers versus Devils. Uh, This is the first time since 07 that both teams have qualified together for the playoffs. Uh, They have a pretty storied history of rivalry there. I would say that the Rangers and Devils rivalry may be a stronger rivalry historically than you know, the other two, you know, the Rangers versus the other two New York teams in the state. It almost seems like, uh, you know, the Islanders and Buffalo, Buffalo may as well be another fucking state. Hell, it could be another country. It might as well be Canada. Um, and then you look at the Islanders and they're, they're just, I don't know, they're there, they exist. But when you look at the Rangers specifically, it seems like the Devils are really going to be the ones that are, uh, I think both geographically and just more heated in in the matchup, uh, a bigger rivalry. So right off the bat, that that matchup looks really interesting to me. Um, They, you know, both teams are high powered. So I expect like an offensive gong show with some goaltending magic sprinkled throughout because, you know, we've got Shesterkin, Vanacek. Um, You know, for this matchup, I initially picked the Devils. I don't know what I was thinking, but this one's a coin toss. I'm still going to go with the Devils, primarily because early on in the season, I was pretty hardcore in saying that you can't sleep on the Devils. A lot of people did in the beginning of the season, and the Devils have had quite the solid and really consistent season. So if you take a look at both of these teams, both are pretty young. They're on the the come, of course. Uh, you look at the Rangers who did an expert job of rebuilding, and then you have the Devils who have been kind of in constant rebuild mode since Broder era. Um, and I think it's finally coming to a culmination. I think this is going to be a really, really heated uh, matchup here. But I, I'm picking the Devils. I'm picking the Devils primarily because I think that they're more a consistent team. Um, though, if you were to say, like, who could reach the highest during a – you know, 20 game run, 
I would probably say the Rangers. So I think the Rangers really need to get it together to beat the Devils, but this is quite the tough matchup. Uh, this is no, neither team is going to be an easy out. Uh, moving back up the list, Isles versus Canes. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Isles versus Canes. I've got I've got the Canes here. I think the Isles uh, just eked and they're limping in. They do suspect to have Matt Barzell back, so who knows how that changes the dynamic. But I think the Hurricanes have been sneaky good this year. I think that you know they're they're uh, at this point. You have to look at the Canes and say like, all right, you've got a few years of playoff experience under your belt with this with this core with this team. You're looking at you know you you should be kind of the veteran almost in this uh, top tier metropolitan kind of matchup. So I've got the Canes in that one. The Lightning versus the Leafs. Now, this is tricky. Are the Leafs going to finally get their shit together and get it past the first round? I say no. I think the Lightning take it to them, and I think they win. It's probably going to go a long series. I don't think any of these series are going to end quickly, except for the one that I'm going to talk about now. Florida versus the Bruins. Obviously, I'm picking the Bruins for everything. I think they're going to win it all. Uh, Florida... I don't think has the upset power for the Bruins. I don't think they match up very well against the Bruins. I think that they rely a lot on their offense. I don't know what their defense and their goaltending can do. Um, you know, of course, they have Bob Rofsky, but it seems like his career is in the twilight ages. Who knows? In any case, no team can be picked over the Bruins in any matchup at all this entire playoff season as long as they're in it. Let's just be honest. No, no smart money is going for a Florida upset, though. If you do want to drop ten bucks on Florida to beat the Bruins and DraftKings and use code THPN, I won't hate you for it. Uh, moving on to the West, LA versus the Oilers. LA was sneaky good this year, but the Oilers are an absolute offensive powerhouse. I think they're going to basically just run and gun their way to a victory against the uh, Kings, though. Who knows? Um, I'm picking the Oilers either way. The Jets versus Vegas. I actually have the underdog here. I'm going to take Ve- or Jets here because, one, fuck the Vegas Golden Knights. And, two, I don't know, fuck the Knights. That's really all I've got. It's it's on vibes alone. Um, I'm making this. Wild versus the Stars. You know, Jason Robertson, love that guy. Uh, I've and, and Ottinger is really good. I don't know if the Wild are going to get it together. I think they're a first round out. I'm picking the Stars. In Seattle, the Kraken, first playoff berth of franchise history. Good for them. Uh, unfortunately, they run into the defending champs in the Colorado Avalanche. I'm picking the Avs here. So those are my picks. You heard it here first. Take it to the bank. If you win any money, I'll only you know ask for 50 to 60% of that winning. You know, So just if you win, don't let me know. Cool storyline here. Former Caps, Samsonov and Vanacek, both likely to make their starts to their respective teams in the playoffs. Really looking forward to seeing that. Congrats to both those guys. They put in a solid season. Um, you know, it's like those two kids that, that can't get anything done in elementary school because they sit next to each other. The Caps, or uh, Samsonov and Vanacek, you know, got separated and looks like they're doing much better in their respective teams. So good for them. Uh, moving on to some league news that we really kind of should be talking about here. Uh, Larson was fired as the Jackets head coach. I think we saw the writing on the wall there. Um, it's been a tough season for the Jackets. They've been injured. They've they've had all the you know legitimate excuses in the world, though. Uh, I think that at this point, 
uh, management has, has said, okay, well, we're going on to the next stages of our rebuild or, I guess, in the Jackets' case, build. Um, <laughs> I And they fired their head coach. So who knows? Um, lots of coaches and management have been, a couple, have been let go immediately. Um, and I do not expect any team to be hiring a coach before the end of the playoffs. Well, they want to see, you know, who's going to be fired, who's going to be hired. I think that they're probably interviewing people for sure. Um, I'm sure the, the, the interview process has started early for a lot of these teams, but they're going to take a good hard look at it. You know, you look at some of the coaches that are available and there's not a lot of household names, if you will. So I expect to see some new faces behind benches next year. But also, in the immediacy, I don't think anybody's making any moves besides clearing house and, you know, showing that they are open for business when it comes to a head coach. <clears throat> Some hilarious news. The Penguins clear management house entirely. Brian Burke's out. Hextall's out. Uh, Sullivan, interestingly enough, sticking around to usher the transition through, though they are saying that his future is unclear. So that's hilarious. I to be expected too, right? I I wasn't exactly sure they were going to get rid of uh, Brian Burke, but they ended up doing it. Uh, and Hextall as well. So literally, president of hockey operations, general manager, everybody's gone. Uh, they're they're going to have to find somebody else. In any case, fuck them. I wish them nothing but the worst of luck moving forward. Eakins fired as the Ducks head coach. Again, you know, another team that's floundered this whole season. Couldn't get it together. Uh, that was probably a good fire for them. Uh, again, they may be looking to take the next step in their players' development. They've got a lot of young talent. Um, now, whether that's enough to be competitive, who knows? But, again, the draft's happening. Free agency's happening. You know, know what they're going to add and who they're going to call up. I don't follow the Ducks as, uh, close enough to know. But on the surface of what I know, it just seems like, you know, writing was on the wall for this guy. You put in the two seasons, you know, that he has, you know, it's it's kind of that's it, <laughs> you know. And then, look, it, the tenure for an NHL coach is two and a half years, last I checked, which was years ago. But that's the shortest of all tenures in all professional sports for a head coach. It's easier to switch out a head coach than it is to jettison talent, uh, you know. There's a million reasons why that is, but at the end of the day, you just got to know that head coaching jobs are never safe in the NHL. It's super competitive, and um, guys, hockey players, you know, if you've played hockey, if, if you've seen it, they just, hockey players need to be yelled at by fresh voices sometimes. It just happens, and that's what the trend is. Um, so, interesting, we'll see We'll see what happens here with, with the head coaching thing, obviously, us as Caps fans, we're super pumped about it. We're we're super watching this with a with a hawk eye for sure, just to see what becomes available to us. Um, as not to bury the lead here, but Lavi did not get extended. We'll talk about that in the Washington wraparound. Uh, Taze seems to have played. Jonathan Taze seems to have played his last game as a Blackhawk. What's crazy is that he's the last remaining pit player of that team who uh, who's on the team currently or was on the team currently who won those cups back in the day. Um, it's the end of his contract, so the, and the t- team let him know that they just they're not going to move forward with him anymore. They're not going to extend him. They're not going to even tender an offer to him. Um, you know, 
he's had to take too much time off and the Blackhawks have needed to get rid of these contracts off the books for a long time. Taze, Kane, Crawford, even uh, looking all the way back, Seabrook, um, Duncan Keith, like all these crazy, all this crazy money they threw at people for past performance after going on that, that three cup run. It's just, it, it's caught up to them and has been a large part as to why the Chicago Blackhawks couldn't make any moves and have been, uh, a miserable team for the past few years. I will say this about Jonathan Taze though. Even in this season, he was a pretty productive player scoring 31 points in 53 games. It's not bad numbers to be putting up in your final season as an NHLer though. Who knows? Um, you know, he addressed like, yeah, you know, with injury troubles, with things, you know, made life hard. So he hasn't committed to retirement yet. He said he's going to need to take some time, let it all sink in and see where he wants to go from there. So, um, don't blame him for that, and seems pretty pretty par for the course. So we'll see what happens with Jonathan Taze there. I just want to point out that scoring this season was fucking insane. Uh, there were 11 players who eclipsed the 100-point mark and 19 that scored over 90, 90 or above. Um, for perspective, I mean, in past years, there's like one, two, five. Five 100-point p- players would be in a lot. in in past seasons, but there's 11 uh, this year. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, You know, you look at this and and McDavid scored 153, which is madness, and scored 64 goals, just one short of Golvi's highest. So, haha, like that about it. Um, But the season that McDavid has put together is phenomenal, to say the least. And then you look at, and so he was number one. You look at number two, Leon Dreisaitl, just coming up right behind him or essentially right behind him in the number two spot. But really the gap is pretty large. He scored 128 points. Moving on down, you've got Pasternak at 113, Kucherov at 113, McKinnon 111, Matthew Kachuk having a breakout season, 109 points. Jason Robinson also having a breakout season, 109 points. Elias Peterson, Again, all these young guys, breakout seasons, 102 points. And then you have the old head pulling up the rear. Eric Carlson, 101 points from the blue line. That is nuts. The next closest demon to come to that, even close to that point total, the second highest scoring defenseman in the league, Quinn Hughes and Josh Morrissey at 76 points. 76 points from the blue line in the NHL is almost a point per game. That is nothing to be scoffed at. That is a very proud season, you know, Quinn Hughes and Josh Morrissey. You know, Josh Morrissey is kind of like a, a veteran in the league. He's been with the Jets for a while. You look at that guy and you're like, where did this come from? That's crazy. So good for him. Um, and obviously Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes, an up-and-comer, 76 points from the blue line, um, but 101 points from the blue line. It's been a, quite a while since we've seen a 100-point scorer as a defenseman. I would think that Eric Carlson is a shoo-in for yet another Norris Trophy. Um, <clears throat> let's also look at coming up at 104. Uh, Nugent Hopkins having a resurgent season, scored 104. Yeah, so if you were keeping track, that's three Oilers in the top 10 scoring, all above 100 points. Fucking wild. That's so, I mean, you know... Anything the Caps could even come close to would be the Young Gun era. Um, and I believe that there were several hundred point scorers on our team then. But it's wild if you think about it, considering that the Bruins, the the, the, the season the Bruins are having, 
The Oilers had a plus 69. Nice. Goal differential, which is really good. It's second in the league, only to the Bruins, who had a whopping, at the end of the night, this is fucking crazy. All right. 127 plus goal differential. They scored 127 more goals than their opposition throughout the season. Just let this sink in. Incredible. Incredible stuff. You know, 69 plus is, is, those are solid numbers. You know, you're a cup contender when you have a plus 69 goal differential. Plus 127 is just fucking banana lands, dude. Crazy. And I think this really goes to show how bad the Oilers hemorrhage goals, though. Uh, but have stayed alive because they absolutely fill the back of their opponent's net. So, you know, when defense matters, and this has been the defensive goaltending, when this has been the the really big kind of uh, gripe for Oilers fans and a big uh, cause of scrutiny for that team is like, is their defense ready to step up and shut a team down with a period, a period and a half to go after going up X amount of goals, right? Because I think that it's safe to say that the Oilers are going to score a lot of goals this postseason, but can they keep the puck out of their own net? It's an entire new thing, um, 100%. So who knows? Crazy stuff. Uh, injuries. Bergeron could miss the playoff opener with an upper body injury. They're keeping it as a could, a maybe. Um, I feel like if this guy is like at 60% or better, he's going to be in the lineup. So who knows? It's obviously quite serious. You know, the Bruins have, have also had their their um, injury woes with Taylor Hall and other guys. McAvoy, you know, big pieces of their team have had to take considerable chunks of time off. Yet they're still, again, 100 plus 20, 127 goal differential. They're the number one team in presence trophy. They've locked it in a month ago. Like, this is, um, <laughs> I mean... You want to talk about next man up mentality. The Bruins got it. And not only do that, do they have that? They have depth, 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 depth. And this is where your depth, the playoffs are when your depth is the most important thing um, other than getting all four lines rolling. You know, I mean, to to sound kind of like a regular old hockey interview. Yeah, I mean, pucks in deep, four lines rolling. These are the things that, that are necessary for a win in the, in the in the playoffs and man I just I think the Bruins are gonna destroy whoever that they face off if, with in the first round which is Florida and then I I just don't see anybody who can stop them I'm gonna be honest they just look so good right now um, if they don't make it to the Stanley Cup final I think that it's an absolute failure of a season um, in the sense of the ultimate goal that they all want. You know, they, they ran it back with Bergeron, Krejci. They've still got a couple good years left in Marchand, Pasternak as well. Then they have a bunch of depth. They have good goaltending. I mean, it seems like everything's coming together for this team, uh, and I would hate to be playing them in the first round, that's for sure. The Avs are hoping to have McCarr and Manson back for Game 1 of the playoffs. Unfortunately for them, though, some, develop, some new developments have come out about Landeskog, who will not unequivocally will not return for the avalanche this season, this playoffs at all. And this was following a knee surgery that he had. He had been skating, no contact. He's been skating for a month, more than a month, months at this point now. And uh, he just hasn't been cleared to get in for a game. Um, so finally, um, this news broke that he'll just be out, out. He's done uh, for the season. So 
definitely a big hit for the Avs, but you know they're still the defending Cup champ, so you can't count them out. And having Makar back is going to be huge. Another return, Barzal. Expected return for day, game one of the playoffs with the Islanders. And for the Islanders, that's pretty big news. You know, a big uh, big knock on the Islanders is they can't score goals. Uh, they're a boring defensive or a boring defensive team. So Matthew Barzal obviously elevates that team's offensive power pretty tremendously. It'll be interesting to see how he fares against the Hurricanes. So that's your league news. That's a playoff picture. Caps fans, you know, silver lining here is that you don't have to give a single flying fuck about any of this because it really doesn't affect us that much. And we get to watch the playoffs with little to no concern about the results and have just, you know, a little blasty blast watching stress-free hockey. So good for us. You know, pat yourself on the back. You did that. Uh, <laughs> speaking of what you can do, though, it's NBA, NBA playoffs times. The That means big hoops action. With DraftKings Sports being an official sports betting partner of the NBA, get in on the excitement of every game. With a touch of a button, new customers can bet can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the playoffs. NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA team. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the app now. And sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny four six seven three six nine. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas City, 21 and older in most eligible states, but Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state the specific and state-specific responsible gaming resources. All right. Let's talk about the Washington Capitals. This is what you all want to talk about anyways. And what can be coming up and what have we got and what did we do and all this other stuff. You know, I won't go hardcore into depth, but I think we should kick off the Washington wraparound right now. All right, so lots of news, uh, some news, some pretty important news around the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, I'm going to preface all this by saying that, like, a lot of this stuff is just so up in the air, guys. There's there's so many moves that need to be made. Uh, McClellan, Leonsis, the promise to Ovechkin to remain competitive and be a playoff team and hunt for a cup every year um, still needs to be honored. And I do think that the Washington Capitals are going to try to field a playoff team next season. Obviously, I think that that's they've shown that they're primed and ready to do that. They loaded up on draft picks and they're ready to sell the farm, um, especially when it comes to draft picks. I think that they'll probably pick where they land in the first round this season, this this year. And then after that, I think everything else is on the table, including players who may be considered core players at this point. Um all that to say is, I have no fucking idea. I, I truly think that it's going to be an exciting offseason and we're going to be hit with a lot of surprises. But first things first, 
Big news, biggest news, I think, for the Washington Capitals is Laviolette was not extended and has officially mutually agreed with the Washington Capitals to part ways. Now, this brings a little tear to my eye, okay? Laviolette was my guy from day one. I wanted him, and when it came down to, you know, who's realistically are the Capitals looking at, it was Gallant and Laviolette three years ago. Polly was on the podcast, and we were both like, we want Lavi. We want a, t- a coach who is going to emphasize team defense because we know that the Washington Capitals, in most years, can fill the back of the net. We're offensively a talented team. We have the ability to score goals. We have the creativity up front. What we've always lacked uh, is the defensive structure and responsibility that Barry Trotz had, right, uh, which got us a cup. But all of his predecessors kind of put defenses like uh, they tried to get it to work, but it didn't work. Um, you know, Bruce Boudreaux, huge problem with, with the defense and, and the depth with his teams. While, yeah, they were absolutely scoring a ton of goals and making it look good, playing that run-and-gun cardiac cap style. Uh, when Barry Trotz finally got through after three more iterations of poor coaches, um, they went on to win a cup, and that was it. So a good balance there was what I thought was necessary. I thought Laviolette provided that. While, you know, Laviolette's kind of shtick is that he's a defensively responsible coach, he does allow his players the freedom to be themselves and and to, you know, do what they can. His big thing is he wants shots. He wants the opportunity to fail there. And that's something that I can't really knock him for. I thought he did a good job with this Caps team. He has every, every excuse in the world to... Um, have put in the results that he's put in. Now, keep in mind, Laviolette is officially the most winningest coach in the NHL who's born American. That's a pretty big feat. Uh, you know, he's top 20, top 10. He'll end his career probably top 10 in wins. Um, you know, you, you look at a guy like this and, and you think, okay, well, he's he's leaving the Washington Capitals organization. But unlike the last three coaches that we've had, other than Trotz in the pre-Trotz era, um, you know, I'm talking Dale Hunter, Adam Oates, Todd Reardon. None of those guys got head coach offers leaving. Uh, well, I take that back. Dale Hunter was offered the opportunity to stay up with the big club, but he was like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go back to London and, you know, manage my junior team that I own and coach. So, you know, <laughs> when asked... Uh, when McPhee was like, posed the question, Hey, how many people in the world do you think would turn out a head coaching opportunity to go back to coach juniors? And he's like, Dale Hunter. And that's the list. So interesting stuff there, but regardless, you know, you look at Oates, you look at Reardon, those guys, Reardon had to go tail between his legs back to that shitty fucking flightless Berg organization. Um, Adam Oates was doing analyst stuff and, and does like coaching, like one-on-one things uh, for that kind of minutia that he was really known for when he was in DC, you know, like, well, maybe if you change the lie and the curve of your stick and, you know, shit like that, real detail oriented guy. Um, But nonetheless, neither of those guys went on to become head coach of another team. And I think Laviolette uh, will absolutely, if he wants get many offers. I mean, look at all of the teams that just fired their coaches. I think that they would be lucky to have Laviolette behind their bench. Laviolette, in his tenure with the Washington Capitals, had to deal with COVID, 
so a global pandemic, and the past two years have been an absolute revolving door into the in, in and out of the IR list and IR IR like LTIR list. So he's really never, I don't think, had the opportunity to have a strong, healthy lineup throughout the whole season, or at least even close. Like everybody gets injured, but like close to a healthy lineup for two of the three years, and then the one year he was battling like the COVID thing. Crazy. Um, I think Laviolette is can go can leave this uh, opportunity with the Capitals head held, head held high. Absolutely. Um, and it and it like I said, I'm I'm shedding a small tear because every year, man, that Laviolette had this team, there were there was like a month where you were like, holy shit. And most recently, the December of this month, where I was like, okay. Laviolette has finally had his opportunity and he's ready to fucking cook and look at what he's made. And in December, this team looks special. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, wow. What a, what a story that would be if the Caps made a deep run in the playoffs after having to deal with all this adversity. Alas, all of that adversity was too much. And to say that it was completely Laviolette's fault would be ignorant. Um, so I'm not going to say that. Also, I don't believe it. I think there are many problems with this Washington Capitals team, an aging core, injuries. Um, you know, maybe coaching had different things they wanted to do. And then after trade deadline, management gave up on the team. So really, this season can be thrown out as a wash on his contract, on, on his on his resume, I'd say. I wouldn't even mention it. Um, and he still, during the season, got broke the record for most winningest American coach. So there he is. Uh, I guess that's all I'll say with Lavi. And again, Caps fans, they've made the decision. Management has made the decision. I don't foresee the Washington Capitals making a call for, you know, until we get closer to October, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think that there's going to be a long, arduous interviewing process. I think that the Washington Capitals are likely going to give a rookie head coach a shot, which I don't know if I like at all. Um, but you look at the stable of current opera, uh, coaches that are out there, and none of them are really, you know, getting me excited. That's for sure. And again, you never know. Let's say the Lightning get bounced in the first round and they fire John Cooper on a, on a knee-jerk reaction. I think that he quickly becomes number one on every team's hunting list. That's for sure. Uh, you never know what's going to happen through the playoffs, so I absolutely think that the Washington Capitals are going to sit pat and wait until the playoffs end, see what manage other, other teams are doing as far as their head coaching uh, changes, and then they're going to take an objective look, or as objective as they can be, look at the um, entire available coaching pool and then start taking interviews. So, you know, of course, all of us want an immediate answer. You know, I want that instant gratification. But unfortunately, we're not going to get that for another several months. So, you know, hold on to your butts for that. A little news with Carl Haglin. Um, he's, he's got, got a reconstructed eye. Four surgeries in 12 months and a metal hip. Uh, though he's not calling it quits yet, he is still aiming for an NHL return. 
And to be completely honest, I would love to see it. I'd, uh, he, it won't be with the Washington Capitals. This is is he's technically a uh, unrestricted free agent at this point. This is the last year of his contract that he basically spent the entire time on the shelf. He hasn't played an NHL game since February 28th of 2022. And to be completely honest, I've always been a Hags stan. I've, I've been a real big fan of that guy. I think he works hard. I think that he contributes in ways that do not show up on the score sheet. Yeah, it's it's really easy to, to shit on him for not bearing on a breakaway. But the fact that he's creating those breakaways is definitely something to be, uh, you know, admirable uh, in his game, you know, just period. So I, I really, I really feel bad because a lot of the stuff was out of his control. I mean, he caught a stick in Pracky, uh, then the hip thing, you know, unreal. Four surgeries in a year. I wish he would have been able to be in the cap, Caps lineup for the fourth line. I thought he was really good there. He killed penalties like no other. Um, but it just wasn't meant to be. Um, so I think that that's the last time that we'll see him. You know, we, they just did team picks. I think that's the last time that we'll see him in a Washington Capitals jersey. He actually hasn't really even been skating much either. So he's trying to get his hip back and healthy. Probably doing a lot of offland resistance band stuff. Training with personal trainers and everything else. And then he's going to take the ice and see if there's any team that is willing to give him a shot. He is absolutely for a guy that's trying to get a contract, he's probably like on the same tier as a guy who was undrafted. Unfortunately, you know, um, I, I look at him and, and that's the type of battle uphill battle that is ahead of him to get back into the NHL is that he's going to have to go through a PTO, um, and, and figure it out and hopefully that the the management team and the coaching staff of said team that offered the PTO is going to get him. Um, and if he gets cut from that, then he's sitting on the waiver wire for eternity until he ultimately decides to retire if that's the case. So I wish him the best of luck. I hope to see him, you know, get a one-year deal at league men and just, you know, prove to himself that he can play at the NHL level post-surgery because I feel like that's probably what he's looking for. You know, he's looking for something to prove to himself that he still got, you know, he's still a hockey player after all this adversity and all this bad shit that's happened to him um, and, and you know, wants to play pro again. He's also, you know, he's a Swede. He can go back to the Super League in, in Sweden and play there. Uh, but again, um, uphill battle as far as the NHL is concerned and a very hard one. So, Wish him the best of the luck. And uh, again, you know, I just think that he was dealt such a shitty hand uh, the past couple of years as far as hockey player, uh, you know, luck goes. Some quick news for the farm. Down in the ECHL, the Stingrays just clinched a division title. Uh, Garen Borklin, uh, Bjork, Bjorklin, sorry, made his pro debut Um and got the win in a shootout to clinch their that division title in their season finale. Uh, they'll start the, their playoff run, the Stingrays, um, on April 22nd versus the Florida Everblades. So good luck to them. Good news. It's a, a great to hear that the farm is kicking ass because that means that those players may eventually see time in the NHL, and they're obviously competitive at that level. So would love to see the Stingrays go out and win another uh, win a title. In uh, the AHL, <clears throat> Ethan Frank scored his first pro hat trick 
that helped in a very large way, defeating the Lehigh Phantoms 6-4 in their regular season finale. They finished second to the Providence Bruins in their division in the standings and will get a bye in the first round, so they'll have to wait till the second round to find out who they play and when. So, you know, that's big news. Big things happening in the farm leagues, which is great considering the, the position the Washington Capitals are in now, right? Um, I think that with... Brian McClellan coming out and saying that the Washington Capitals are going to make a concentrated effort to get younger. This is all great news. Um, where are they going to get younger at? Obviously, the wire in trades, things are things are there, but it would be great to pick guys up through the system because, one, they're cheap, and two, you know, when you draft them, it's obviously just it shows the, the organization's in, in good health as far as development goes. So I really, I really like to see them. Um, I'd really like to see like these, the Stingrays and the Bears, make a deep run here. I think it's good to see to have those young guys like you know figure out what it's like to win, and experience the grind of playoff hockey because it only gets harder when it, when you get to the show. So, what would be an, a terrible situation is both of our farm teams are in the shitter and they didn't even have a, they didn't have a chance to sniff the jock of the playoffs and now the big club is also out of the playoffs and you know that's just dumpster fire category and we don't want to be there so again caps want to get younger it looks like they've got some great opportunities in the farm to pull some guys up or at least cycle them through and you know i think that for the first time in the OV era, there's a lot of room um, or considerable realistic room for guys who have had outstanding AHL seasons this year to go to camp next year and possibly crack the lineup right out of camp. That would have never happened, you know, for years and the years that I've been covering the Caps doing podcasting and just years before that watching them. Nobody even gave a shit about um, who was coming up since basically Braden Holpe and John Carlson and you know, Carl Olsner and like those guys came up through Hershey. And back then they had just won, I believe, back to back Calder Cups in the A. So, you know, you look at that and that was the last time that we got to see a resurgence of youth. Now is another time. So look at what it what happened last time. And if it goes even close to how it turned out last time, I think that we're, we're, we're looking really good. So. Um, who know who's who's that going to be? I don't know. Maybe this Ethan Frank guy gets gets a gets a look. Joe Snively looked really good in the last game of the season. Who knows? Um, but I think that there's some. If you've been watching and seeing the guys who've been called up, Beck Malenstein, you know there are guys that that had been slated for a, uh, a NHL spot, and through injury or whatever the hell happened, didn't get it. I think that this year. This upcoming year, uh, it's going to force the Washington Capitals management's hand to get these young guys in. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. And to be completely honest, I think that it's it's a good thing that they have this kind of perceived glut of, of talent in the lower leagues. So that, hey, it's not working out. Joe Snively, play a few games in Hershey. We're going to play replace you with McMichael. Or Ethan Frank, or you know any of the guys that are down there uh, to come back in. So sit tight. We won't know until we know. Uh, 
looking at the games last week, I'm just going to quickly go over them. Uh, the, we played the Islanders on the 10th, won 5-2. Caps won this game pretty convincing fashion, helping the Pittsburgh Penguins in their playoff bid, which the Pittsburgh Penguins ultimately fucked up and totally fumbled the bag, which is absolutely awesome. You know, it's, it's great to, um, you know, give a team that you hate every opportunity to succeed and then watch them fail anyways. So that was nice. Uh, then moving on the next day. Oh, and I'll say about, you know, with, with the Islanders game, I mean, it was great. They came out on fire and they just dominated the whole game and the Islanders folded. I mean, that, that was really all that you could want. Really good game. I really like to see again, talked about it a few weeks ago that the Washington Capitals are still professionals. Everybody on that team wants to win. Um, they, like I said, they've, they've, predicated an entire very lucrative career upon this uh entire concept so you know we want to they want to they want to win and it's great to see that they did even though it did help the penguins uh which was unfortunate (laughs) but it all turned out good don't worry in boston the next day uh we lost five to two i think we scored the first goal things were looking okay and then boston took over and was just like that's enough Incredible passing plays. It seems like every Boston player is just so in tune with everybody else that's on the ice at the time that they don't even have to look at where they're passing. A um, couple really pretty passing plays just absolutely expose the Washington goaltending and defense. And what can you do? I mean, it's the Bruins this year. They're fucking awesome. Uh, moving on to the last game. It was at home against the Devils. Caps came out swinging. Dominated this game at one point. They uh, they held a three three nothing lead uh, off goals from Snively, which was an absolute snipe. Sandine and Craig Smith. St. Thomas also scored, but the Devils came charging back to take the game in overtime. That's a three goal blown lead by the Washington Capitals. And uh, you know, in overtime, Luke Hughes got his first career goal, assisted by Jack Hughes, his brother, uh, for the game winner. And last week we talked about, oh, shit, Luke Hughes is going to come and sign with the Devils, for one. And then he's going to actually see ice time, which is pretty crazy to think that that's going to happen so close to the playoffs. But, hell, it happened. And look at what he did. You know, fairy tale shit that the Washington Capitals made possible. So, you know, good for us guys. Uh, <laughs> very typical there for the Washington Capitals to let some upstart 18-year-old, 19-year-old come get his first goal assisted by his brother in overtime after blowing a 3-0 lead. Ouch. Um, but, you know, if you look at this game's end score, not, not in which in order in which the goals were scored, this would be a, you know, at this stage of the season, oh, that's a good game, a good fight put up by the Washington Capitals, and they just didn't get it done in the end. Um, but because we watched the games... I think that this last loss was just very fitting for this team. While they showed flashes of brilliance both in this game and throughout the season, they just never had enough to get it past the finish line uh, in many times and in blown leads and, you know, whatever it may be uh, that just, you know, the game in Pittsburgh, you know, like just had it right there. It was ready to go and just fell short of the finish line. And, and taking a win home. So, sad. Uh, some important of uh, dates that are coming up. The draft 
is June 28th. So mark that down on your calendar, Caps fans. It'll be uh, most likely, uh, depending on how the playoffs go, it'll be after the Stanley Cup's been awarded, but it could also still be during playoff time. Nah, no, I don't think so. It'll probably be after the season's completely over. And then free agency opens a few days later on July 1st. So, you know, enjoy the playoff viewing. You know, big dates for us moving forward. But enjoy the enjoy the playoff viewing, stress-free. Enjoy being a hockey fan. Not just a Caps fan, being a hockey fan, right? <clears throat> and having stress-free playoffs the first time in eight years, nine years. The uh, draft is going to be super exciting. And free agency will also be super exciting, especially for us. So looking forward to covering that. Um, as far as this podcast goes, uh, episode I'm going to try to do one every Monday uh, and bring in some interviews if I can. I've been talking to Carl Alsner, seeing if he'll come on, uh, but who knows. Uh, and anybody else who, who you know would be fun to talk to, maybe I'll bring on. But ultimately, probably going down to one episode a week from here on out. Um, and of course... You know, with free agency and the 28th of June being the draft, we'll have episodes after that covering all that stuff and seeing what the Washington Capitals got. And um, as announcements come out, you know, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll continue to release episodes. But hopefully at least one a week from here throughout the playoffs and then into the summer in a free agency. Um, and then we'll probably take a little bit of a break for a month or so uh, and then reload for fucking season five which is crazy um and and we'll go from there so caps fans you know first of all thanks a lot if you've just found this podcast and and have liked it um you know i got we got a review i saw from chartable it said that uh you found us through locked on with my collabs with dan holmey guys a beauty um and you know hoping that you've liked this season at least this content while the desired result was not a playoff team, it was obviously such fun hanging out with you guys, talking to you on my soapbox, and uh, you know, watching the Washington Capitals this season. And I'm excited. I'll be honest. I'm pretty excited to see what the Caps are going to be doing moving forward. Um, and you know, because typically this is a time where we're all pissed off because the Caps shit the bed in the playoffs, and then it's like, well, what do we do? We've got to run it back with the same core. That is not the case this season. We may be seeing some pretty uh, earth-shattering moves, and um, I think that Brian McClellan is the guy to be doing that. So I'm optimistic, and I, if I had $100 to bet right now, I would say the Washington Capitals will be in the playoffs next season. You heard it here first. I hope you enjoy, like I said, stress-free playoff viewing. Until next week, and possibly this Thursday, who knows, Um I will be covering the playoffs starting now. I'll probably do, like I said, once a week. So until next week, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for this season. Thanks for sticking with us. And if, you, if you've if you discovered us this season or recently, thanks for being here. Uh, if you're an OG, love you, mean it. And uh, until next week, Hockey Troll, signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, 
and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.